What's Shaking Fire Nation? JLD here with an audio masterclass on how to become an influencer on fire. To drop these value bombs, I have brought Michael Stelzner on the microphone. He is the founder of Social Media Examiner, author of the books Launch and Writing White Papers, and the man behind Social Media Marketing World, the industry's largest conference. He's also the host of the Social Media Marketing Podcast and the founder of the Social Media Marketing Society. In Fire Nation, today we're going to be talking about how to become an industry leader. Where do you start when it comes to this? How do you know when it's working? Like what signals do we need to be looking for? And then also collaborating with others, how you do this and why it's valuable. And so much more as soon as we get back from thanking our sponsors. The biggest needle mover in my business, funnels. The software I use to build my funnels, Click funnels, no question. Visit eofire.com slash click to start your free 14-day trial today. That's eofire.com slash click. Growing businesses need qualified candidates, and qualified candidates can be a challenge to find. Lucky for us, Zip Recruiter makes it simple, fast, and smart. And right now, you can try Zip Recruiter for free at ziprecruiter.com/fire. That's ziprecruiter.com/fire. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Michael, say what's up to Fire Nation and share something interesting about yourself that most people don't know. First of all, what is up, Fire Nation? I am so excited to be back on your show. And uh, I don't think I've told too many people about this next thing. My very first business that I ever did was with my younger brother. He was he still is three years younger than me, um, <laughs> but we were little kids and uh, we would go out in the backyard with a flashlight at night and we would pull these big night crawlers out of the ground and the next morning we would go out on the curb and we would sell them to the fishermen as they would go by and that business did not last long, <laughs> but I think it lasted about a month, but it was our very first business venture. I don't even know if we made any money. It was so long ago. My guess is I was 10 or 11 and he was probably seven or eight years old, so there you have it. Once an entrepreneur, Fire Nation, always an entrepreneur. And I'm excited for today's conversation. This is actually Michael's fifth time on Entrepreneurs on Fire. Um, this is episode 2,343. So, you know, you come on about every 500 episodes or, show, or, or so, Michael, and just kind of drop some value bombs. And today, what I'm excited about is we, did a, we had a lengthy pre-interview chat where we were kind of going over what we were going to focus on. And we're going to be talking all about becoming an influencer on fire and what that means to be an industry leader. And you've been one, Michael, for a really long time. I mean, Entrepreneurs on Fire, we're into our seventh year now and back pre-launch. This is three months before I launched back in 2012, like the June timeframe. I was compiling my top 20 dream entrepreneurs to interview. And I was going over with Jamie Masters, who's a mutual friend of ours. And your name was on that top 20 list. So even back in 2012, like you were one of the guys that I was just like, this is a person in the industry who's an industry leader that I would love to have as part of my power 20 to launch entrepreneurs on fire. And of course, since then, 
I have, I've had you on four more times for a total of five times, including today, and you just continue to bring the heat. You're always looking for that next thing, which is what I love about you. Like You're always looking on what's coming next, cutting edge stuff, and something we're going to talk a little bit about today is what you're doing differently with your YouTube channel and some videos that you're creating as well. But let's just kind of start off by talking about becoming an industry leader in the social media industry specifically, and some of the advantages that come along with that. So can you kind of like step back and take us in that direction? I've had the distinct advantage because Social Media Examiner is now 10 years old and we've been at this for a while and we've seen a lot of people come and go and I privately mentored, advised and coached a lot of these people. And one of the big things that I notice is everybody that becomes known seems to be more successful. And there seems to be something to that. How do I become known? Because here's the advantage, John, when people are ultimately thinking about a person or a company, uh, who is the one or who is the company that pops into their mind? That's the big question, right? When you are that company or where you, when you are that entrepreneur, that individual that people think of when they have a need, guess what that means? You don't have to pay Facebook or Google any money to try to generate leads and exposure. Um, people start talking about you to other people. So when someone's inside a Facebook group and they say, hey, I'm looking for somebody to help with this, they say, oh, you gotta go to person Y. Even if that they've never worked with person Y and your person Y, that's awesome marketing for you. So what ends up happening is all these opportunities start falling in your lap. You're asked to speak on stages, you're asked to be on podcasts, your business model grows and you can take it to the next level. That is the promise that comes from being really well known. And this is something that you've actually done on multiple levels, meaning you have you know a conference, Social Media Marketing World, where you bring in industry experts, you highlight them on stages, you also highlight them on your multiple shows within YouTube and just the overall Social Media Examiner show that you do live on a weekly basis. So I mean, kind of talk about some specific examples that you've seen where people have come in they've become known for what they're doing. And as a result, as you mentioned, they become more successful as a result. Oh my gosh. Every person you can think of that's probably on the stage at Social Media Marketing World has done this, right? You think about somebody like Jay Bear or Mari Smith, right? So Mari Smith is somebody who um, is out there all the time talking about what's new in the world of Facebook. And as a result, she's the one people think of when, they look in, when they're looking for a Facebook expert. She's the one that uh, businesses partner with and want to hire. Uh, Jay Bear, he keeps writing books and he keeps doing podcasts and he keeps getting keynote gigs and he keeps getting opportunities to moderate you know, big stages and stuff like that. And he gets opportunities to build his consulting pipeline without having to build, you know, uh, without having to pay anybody to do that. Those are just two examples that come off the top of your, of my mind. But you're another example, John. I mean, look what you've been able to achieve over the seven years since you started Entrepreneur on Fire because of what you did, right? I mean, you were relatively unknown. You were this guy that came out of the military, right? And uh, had a prior career that not a lot of people knew about. And you just burst onto the scene. And as a result of you building those relationships and developing that content, even though most of your content was focusing on what's in the minds of other people, a lot of that rubbed off on you, John. And as a result, you were able to launch all sorts of products and services that accelerated your growth. And now 
you're living the dream. <laughs> <laughs> and I would not say relatively unknown. I would say completely unknown. I mean, I had no footprint, no fingerprint, not even a fingernail in any kind of the online entrepreneurial social media marketing space, zero zip zilch. So that's just a perfect example, Fire Nation, of how when you're able to establish a name in a specific niche, then as Michael was saying, which I love, you know, you start getting these organic leads. People start talking about you. They become your evangelist. You're not having to pay hand over fist for the Instagram ads, for the Facebook ads, et cetera. So like right now in the podcasting space, a lot of people are like, hey, you know, I was thinking about starting a podcast, but you know what, I'm gonna like go to YouTube and search the videos. People are like, well, you could do that. But there's this guy, John Lee Dumas, that has this completely free podcasting course, freepodcastcourse.com. You should just go check it out. And I have so many people, because we have an intake form for Paradise, where I just say, hey, how did you first hear about Paradise? You know, of course, all the options are ads and my journal and this and that. But they say, a friend told me about your free course or a friend told me to just Google you. And like that is such a massive way that I'm getting more leads that I'm getting more audience and I'm getting more revenue through courses, uh, through enrollees in like Podcasters Paradise, et cetera. So Fire Nation, this is why what Michael's talking about is so super key. But where would somebody even start? Like if they want to become well-known and you know they're just like, how do I even start in this space right now that seems so loud, so crowded, what would you tell them? First thing I would tell everyone is no matter how crowded your space is, there's room for you. For example, let's take the food industry. Definitely the biggest industry in the world because everyone is, right? And um, there is a YouTube channel called Cooking with Dog. And it's literally an Asian woman with a dog. And she's got 1.49 million subscribers. And it's just her cooking with her dog. <laughs> and that's her unique angle. There's another. There's a podcast. There's a blog called Love and Lemons. And all they do is talk about food with lemons. There's a podcast focused on uh, tastes of the past. And all they do is they talk about old-fashioned, traditional kinds of food. So those are just a few examples to show you that no matter what, you can probably find a unique angle no matter how crowded the niche is because there's the biggest niche in the world is food, undoubtedly. Okay, so beyond that, let's get to how we do it. First of all, you've got to ask yourself, what is your why? I think this is perhaps one of the most important questions to ask before you get started. Why do you want to be well-known? Do you want to be well-known because you want to be famous? Because I'm here to tell you that fame does not pay the bills. Can you confirm that, John? I confirm. <laughs> <laughs> you've got to have a better why than that. You know, um, you've got to have some sort of a bigger reason why. For me, the reason why I wanted to be well-known is I wanted to make a difference in the world. I knew that if I could give away the content that others were, were basically keeping pent up inside of them and charging people for as consultants, if I could give it away in my blog and in my podcast and in our YouTube channel, I know that I could draw an audience to us. And I knew I would just need a tiny little fragment of that huge audience to be very successful. And I knew that every person that would share that content would be basically increasing the footprint of the business. And I knew that 99% of the world that I touch will never become a customer. And I was completely okay with that because I had a bigger purpose. So figure out what your why is. And it's okay to have a why that I'm going to make money. Um, it's okay that I want to buy that dream house. Any of those kind of things, just have a why. But fame alone isn't good enough. Secondly, once you know what your why is, I really think it's important to do a competitive analysis. 
Now, John, I would love to hear your thoughts. When you started your podcast, was there any kind of research that went into this? There was a bunch of research that went into it because I was a podcast listener and my biggest question that I had was, okay, what do I love about the shows that I listen to? But even more importantly, what do I feel like is missing with the actual shows that I'm listening to on a consistent basis? Right. So start looking at people that quote unquote might be competitors, but don't think of them as like the evil, you know, empire that you're out to destroy. (laughs) Instead, look at them as like marketplace justification, right? There's proof that there's somebody out here talking about this, writing about this, creating videos about this. And I want to know what is it about them that I like? And what is it about them that um, I don't like? How could I learn from them? And then maybe you could start researching people in other spaces that are not competition and come up with someone who you really love the work that they're doing. For me, it was a guy named Andrew Goodman who was really big in the SEO space and he still might be to this day. I just loved everything about his business model. And I said, I want to take that and I want to do that in the social media marketing space. So after you research a competition, then you try to figure out what your unique point of differentiation is. Uh, John's unique point of differentiation is, tell me, John. Daily (laughs) podcasts. There you go. Yeah, everyone else was doing it weekly or maybe twice a week. And John decided to do it every single day because he knew there was an audience that was in their car working in real estate or commuting or whatever that was in that car or on that train every single day. And he wanted to be in front of them because he knew that he did not need a huge audience to be in front of if he was in front of them every day. So true. Now, in my case, my unique differentiation is that I ask questions that others are thinking on my podcast. So I won't let my guest go deep down the trail without like, if they'll say something like an acronym that my audience doesn't know, I'm going to say, well, hold on a second. And I stop them in the tracks and my audience tells me, oh my gosh, you asked exact questions that were on my mind. (laughs) So that's my unique thing is I try to put myself in the position of my listener and try to make sure that I... Uh, that they get something by listening to me. That's just one of my unique differentiators. What's your unique differentiator? Maybe you're funny. Maybe you're uh, analytical. Maybe you have a unique view on your industry that nobody else has. Maybe you come from a different world. Like maybe you're an attorney who's become a chef. And maybe you can bring some parallels between the world of law and the world of cooking. (laughs) Maybe there's laws of food that we haven't even thought about. So try to figure (laughs) out what your unique differentiation is. And then the last thing is to start testing your message. And this is really important, John. I think in the beginning when you create content and at the core of everything we're talking about today is to be known requires the creation of something. You need to either talk on a stage or talk on a podcast, create video, or you need to write. So when you create that message, in the beginning, you have to think of everything as a great experiment. And just like a cooking experiment, it may not, it might not be well received the very first time. So start testing your message by creating the message and then analyzing the message, which we're gonna get into in a little bit here, to try to ascertain what works and what does not. Because my guess is, John, in the beginning, you we're doing things differently than you're doing now. Am I right? Big time. What's changed? I mean, a lot of things have changed. So at first I was just like trying to test my message by going out there and really having a structured interview and really be focused on, hey, 
I don't have skills as a podcaster, as an interviewer, as a host. I don't know how to guide. I don't know how to dig deeper. And so I was just trying to stay to a very structured message. And I did that for five and a half years. That was 2,000 episodes daily with essentially the same six questions. But I've continued to test my message. A year and a half ago, I made a big break. And I said, hey, I'm going to switch to an audio masterclass more than a podcast. We're going to be having the top experts in their specific niche industry come on and give a masterclass, like give this actual course on a specific topic so I can go real deep and just talk in a much more fluid and just really intense manner. And so that's just me kind of continuing to test, getting feedback from my audience and continuing to try to say, okay, now that my strengths have grown in these areas, how can I utilize these in a better format? I love what John just did here because by pivoting and calling it a masterclass, it sends a signal to everyone who listens that I'm going to learn something. This isn't just a conversation between two bros. This is actually something that's got an intent and it's been thought about and hopefully I will walk away richer as a result of it. And you know, that alone, just creating a different label for what you're doing is smart marketing. So awesome job. Appreciate that. And I kind of want to go over what you were saying as well throughout this answer, because I think you brought up so many good points in Fire Nation talking about what is your why, like getting down to that core, you got to start there and then researching your competitors and then finding out your unique point of differentiation and then actually testing that message. You have to go through that three-step process. And one thing that I've already said one time, but I want to reiterate this, Michael, that you do so well is look over the horizon to what's next because something is always coming. I hear so many people, and, and I'm talking to you, Fire Nation, you're complaining about, oh, I missed the podcasting train. Well, guess what? While you missed the podcasting train or while you're complaining about it, Instagram happened. And then, oh, I missed the Instagram train. Well, guess what? While you missed that, TikTok happened. And I'm not saying these are all trains you should be getting on. I'm saying something's always coming next. Keep your eyes towards the horizon and see how your why can fit into that next thing that's coming. And you can do what I do with podcasting by getting in on the earlier side of things and completely dominating that niche. And we have a lot that we're still going to be talking about. I want to get first and foremost into your new strategy you've just developed on YouTube, Michael, but we're not mm -hmm. going to do that until we get back from thinking our sponsors. Ever felt like your hiring process is inefficient and like you're struggling to grow your company to its potential? If so, you're not alone. Take this case study from Fred, founder and CEO of Finder. Finder helps people make more informed financial decisions by providing comparisons of personal finance products like credit cards and insurance. Fred wanted to staff up quickly after launching in the US, but finding qualified matches from other sites was challenging and his recruiting process was disorganized. ZipRecruiter's platform centralized his hiring and their AI-driven matching technology helped Fred find more quality candidates fast. He was able to scale his staff from 0 to 12 in a matter of months, filling roles with varying levels of skills and experience. Fred says, if you are a growth company and you want a diversity of quality people to hire, ZipRecruiter is the best solution out there. In the US, we staffed Finder on ZipRecruiter. If you want to find hiring success like Fred did, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter com slash fire. Once again, ziprecruiter.com slash fire. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. 
the biggest needle mover in my business, Funnels. They've allowed me to do so much, like deliver free courses to my audience, resulting in tens of thousands of leads. They've also helped me present live masterclasses to teach thousands of others of how to create and launch their own podcasts, and they've helped me generate millions of dollars in sales. But I couldn't have done any of it as effectively as I have without the right software to help. ClickFunnels. With ClickFunnels, you can build sales funnels without a programmer and without knowing any code. And these sales funnels walk your visitors through the sale in a way that maximizes your conversions and earnings. And the great thing about ClickFunnels is that it's not just your funnel building editor, it's also your shopping cart, your email autoresponder, your membership software, your affiliate management software, and so much more. Join over 90,000 entrepreneurs who are actively using ClickFunnels to easily get their products and their message out to the world. Visit eofire.com slash click to start your free 14-day trial today. That's eofire.com slash click. So Michael, we're back and we have a bunch of things we're going to still go through today. And I really have been intrigued because during our pre-interview chat, you took me to a couple videos. I was going through what you're doing. You're doing something different now that I'm excited to go after this interview and kind of watch in full. You just have a new strategy and this new strategy you're employing on a very consistent basis on YouTube. Talk to us about that. Well, first of all, there's in the past, we had this episodic documentary called The Journey, which was kind of like a real actual cameras in the office, sewing together a storyline over many, many episodes. And um, after I ended up hiring a director of marketing, I decided I'm not the central character of the show anymore. We can't have this show continue on. <laughs> I don't think your secretaries, by the way, are that disappointed because they always looked a little scared on camera. They're like, are you coming in here again? No, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> So um, what we decided to do was we decided to uh, go all in on YouTube uh, about 90 days ago from the date of this recording, oh, wow. which is about, um, you know, fall of 2019. And the goal here was to br- fly people in from all over the world and film in studio. That was the primary directive to create article quality video tutorials, right, on almost anything you could possibly imagine. And we've flown in people literally from all over the world to talk on Instagram and Facebook and all that stuff. Then along the way, I decided that I wanted to get back on camera. And I felt like I had a message to share with my audience about the stuff that we've been talking about today, which is how to become known. Because like I kind of alluded to, I've been coaching and mentoring a lot of people. And um, most of my business model has been about getting knowledge out of other people's brains, but not necessarily out of mine. So we've been filming, uh, these batch videos takes me about, uh, you know, in three hours I filmed three of them. And then, um, and then in another three hours, I, I, I developed the scripts for those. So it takes me about two hours per video. And then it goes out to a Hollywood producer to create these really super slick, but inspirational and tactical videos. And it's just been a blast for me to do it, John. It's just showing the audience a different side of me. And they're loving these videos. And uh, and it's really exciting for me. And it it's allowing me to test out something new. And I'm watching for certain kinds of feedback. And, you know, if that feedback is really strong, then maybe there'll be some more stuff coming from me down the road. So how do you know when what you're doing right now, all this work, the storyboarding, this batching, sending out to an actual professional editor, how do you know what is working and when it's working? Like, And taking even a step back from that after you answer that question is like, what signals should we as Fire Nation be looking for to know if what we're doing, what we're spending our time on is actually working? Well, I have this little three 
step process I refer to called create, maintain, and analyze. And imagine it like a clock. You spend a little bit of time creating, you spend a lot of time maintaining, and you spend a little time analyzing. So many people that create things, they just create it and maybe they maintain it. <laughs> or maybe they maintain it really well, but they don't know whether it's working or not. And this is that, well, that's what we're talking about right now. How do we know it's working? So there are some subjective metrics that you should look for in the very beginning. And these are the metrics that are um, very, very important. So when you create something, you want it, you want private messages, you want comments from people saying, OMG, that was freaking amazing. <laughs> or you want people sending you messages saying, this is exactly what I needed. You read my mind. This is so, so valuable. Or you want them to share it on Facebook and you want to read those share comments and say, this is something you don't want to miss. When you start hearing those kind of comments coming from people, and John, you know, it's it's the oh, few yeah. that do this, right? It's it's the minority, right? But when those signals come, that is a good sign because it's like the 10%, if you're lucky, will ever send that signal. And there's another 90% out there that will never to tell you how good this stuff is. But you're watching for those subjective sing- signals from others. When you get those signals, you know you're on the right track. When you don't get those signals, then you know maybe something's off track. Have you found this to be true for you, John? I've absolutely found that to be the case. And I always tell people that it's like, oh, I've just started. I have a podcast that's you know a couple months old. And I only have like 10 reviews. I'm like, listen, you've got to extrapolate that. Like those 10 reviews aren't just 10 listeners. Like each review is like there's a hundred or a thousand people listening for the, the one person that takes actually go and leave a review. So don't look at those as your numbers. Like when you get some kind of feedback, that means there's a lot of people that are consuming that, that are thinking about it, that are getting value from it. And so those people that are communicating with you, you've got to hold on to that and really try to figure out, okay, hey, where do these people come from? What do they really like about it? What don't they like about it? And most importantly, like what are they really struggling with so I can keep creating value for them in a meaningful way and maybe create products, services, communities for them. Now, one thing I do want to jump on though, Michael, you did use the words, spend a little time analyzing. And I've always thought that you were kind of an overanalyzer myself. So are you really only spending a little time analyzing or are you actually spending a lot of time? Uh, I am actually <laughs> very analytical. You are correct that I'm analytical. But here's the thing. Someone who's really analytical can get through data very quickly. That's true. So let me tell you what I'm looking for. Um, first of all, when it comes to podcasting, anybody who, like John and I know this, both Spotify and Apple provide retention graphs. And so does YouTube, right? So you want to look at those retention graphs. You want to see whether they're skipping over sections of your podcast. You want to watch for the percentage completion rate on these things, right? Some shows are going to be higher than others, right? And you want to try to separate the highs and the lows. And you want to say, what is it about the highs that made them different than the lows? Was it the substance? Was it the, uh, meaning, was it the way it was done? Uh, and what was said in it? Was it the topic? A lot of times certain topics are going to outperform, right? And then you can look at those signals and say, okay, it seems like my audience is really hot on these kinds of topics. Like in my case, it's all Instagram, right? I can do almost anything on Instagram. It's, <laughs> it's on gonna- fire. Right. So like that's a good signal, right? That shows me there's a big appetite for that kind of content. But if I do something on, for example, uh, Pinterest, I don't get the same kind of response, right? So it's just that kind of metric that you want to look for. But if you want to get really, really interesting and granular, YouTube, I think, provides some of the best metrics. I don't know if you have a channel, John, or if you're doing very much on YouTube. but Very little. It's absolutely amazing the way YouTube works. So just if you imagine a funnel, YouTube will take your video and they'll show it to a sampling of your subscribers and to a sampling of 
your non-subscribers. And then what they'll do is they'll track the click-through rate on that thumbnail and on that title of that video. And then what they'll do is they'll, they'll track the retention time, how long they're watching the video. And then uh, in the end, what they allow you to do is change that thumbnail. So you can change that thumbnail and you can see whether you can get that click-through rate to go up or down. And if you can get, if you have a really good uh, retention rate on your video, meaning people are getting through most of it, because YouTube wants people to stay on platform. So if your video contributes to a higher on-platform time, then it's a matter of deciding how to get that click-through rate to go up. And that's where just simply maybe changing your thumbnail and getting that click-through rate to go from a 3 to a 5% all of a sudden can almost double the amount of video views. And this is where you can start mathematically doing some really fascinating calculations. Like we have a video that is uh, at 17,000 views and it's getting about 500 of views a day. And if we can tweak it a little bit more, we anticipate that this video will be one of the big winners on our channel. It will have over 100,000 views within a year. And it and it's also contributing to new subscriber growth on the channel more than any other video. So we're putting that one right up in front on our YouTube channel so that when people come there, they see that video first and it increases the likelihood they become a subscriber. So that's where you can get like ninja crazy with your metrics. Well, I can share something else that I think that you do really well because I was a big watcher of all your journey videos. And for me, it was just like, oh, he does this every video. And he's so good at doing it. And I'm sure you're doing it on some level with these new videos I'm going to start watching. And that is opening loops. Like when the video starts, you open up a loop that makes me want to retain, makes me want to like have retention till the end of it. So I think that that's just a great kind of way when you open a loop, Fire Nation, and say, and hey, by the way, don't go anywhere because by the, you know, before this video ends, X, Y, or Z is going to happen. I'm just like, well, I can't go until I see X, Y, or Z. Like talk a little bit about open loops and how you're employing that in your YouTube videos. Absolutely. Think of it as a teaser when you watch television, you know, um, sometimes you watch your favorite show, whether it be on Netflix or regular TV, they'll show you a couple clips from what's about to happen. Right. And you're like, Ooh, I want to stick around to see because that hasn't happened yet. Right. Have you ever noticed that before? Totally. Happens, especially on reality TV shows. They do that all the time. So the idea here is to kind of, um, give someone a reason to stick around. And the reality is that most people are going to make in a judgment call on your video in the first few seconds. So that's called the hook. So the idea is to hook them in, and then after the hook is what's called your bumper or your little, here's what this show's about. You want to keep that tight. In our case, it's like three seconds. And then you want to get into the content. Once you get into the content, we say a little bit more about what they're about to learn. And sometimes we'll say, and if you stick around, there's a bonus tip at the mm, end. Ooh, bonus tip. Other things that we've done is we've even put on some of our longer videos, we put little little uh, scroll things with a small moving, like imagine a green line moving from the top to the bottom with icons all the way along the right side on a video. Hmm. And as they're watching the video, it's like a progress report. That green line is coming down to the next icon and filling it in and going down to the next icon. And that's just a little psychological trigger that we're using to get people to keep watching because it shows how much progress they've oh, made. That's so good. Hook bumper content, that bonus tip, and of course, a progress bar thrown in there as well. And Michael, straight up, I mean, you're as good as it gets when it comes to collaborating with others. I mean, you've been doing this for well over a decade now with massive success. So how can those people that are just starting out or maybe getting a little initial momentum collaborate with others to accelerate their personal growth? Uh, in my second book launch, I talked about something that's a simple formula for growth. It's called great content plus other people minus marketing messages equal growth. 
Now, we've talked about great content and the plus other people is the secret sauce. And a lot of, you can only go so far on your own, but you can go really far when you work with others. This has been John's secret recipe to this podcast, (laughs) but it's not secret anymore. No. The idea is when you collaborate with others to co-create content in any form, which is what John and I are doing right now. It's what people do on YouTube. Um, it's what you do anytime you interview someone and you write an article and you te- and they're in it. That benefit of getting others involved is a huge accelerant to your content. And the key to doing that is just to think creatively. What I did when I started Social Media Examiner is I hired a guy with a camera to go to a conference. It was called Blog World. They're not around anymore. And I um, interviewed like 10 or 15 people. Chris Brogan was one of them. And I just interviewed them on camera. I was with that person on camera asking questions, creating these little 10-minute videos. And then afterwards, I would email them a copy of the video. And they were, they were blown away because nobody was doing that. Nobody was like making them look good on camera, you know. And that's the kind of stuff that you can do. And that's what we do right now. I mentioned that we're flying in people from all over the world to film in studio these, these things on our channel. And we're the ones promoting this and helping to grow the viewerships. And the benefit of their participation is they're getting in front of our audience. And for them, it's a win-win. So the goal is really to find the right people, figure out how you can make it a win-win, and things can really blow up for you. And you are doing this specifically on YouTube, like you mentioned. So I mean, kind of stepping back and saying like how maybe somebody could do that that doesn't have a budget to like fly people into a studio doing all these things. Like, what would you say to that person? Well, first of all, the podcast is the easy road, right? Just get Skype and start doing some podcast interviews. That's the easiest route. If you can write, uh, or if you want to do live, you can do live as well. We didn't mention that, but you can easily use tools to do live video, um, like Ecamm or Crowdcast, and you can do a live show where you bring on guests like we do every week and talk about the news. Um, and those guests are kind of like your remote experts, correspondents, adding their opinions. If you are a writer, obviously you could write about something going on in the industry and you could reach out to a number of individuals to ask them for their thoughts and you could sew that into the article. So there's some examples right there. So 30 minutes with you, Michael, literally flies by. So let's take a step back now, give the mic back to you and just kind of share what is like the one or two big takeaways from everything that we've talked about today that you want to make sure Foundation really gets and then give us a call to action as far as like where we can go to like watch these videos that you're creating, how we can learn from you by actually studying what you're doing. If you want to be more well-known, the absolute key is to create content. And that content can be stuff you do from a stage. It could be something you do in front of a camera. It could be something you do in front of a microphone. It could be something you do in front of a keyboard. So the idea is to ask yourself, what kind of content can I best create? And then try to create the best conceivable content you can And ideally, it's a little unique, right, for the niche that you're in. Then what will happen is people will start recognizing you. They'll start calling your name. They'll start giving you opportunities. And with that, you can accomplish almost anything. And if you want to go check out some of the stuff we're doing on YouTube, simply go to youtube.com slash social media examiner. Hit the subscribe button. And then you can find the videos that I've been doing, which is uh, in a playlist called Become the Recognized Expert in Any Industry. And by the time this podcast comes out, there should be at least five or six of them that I would suggest you watch. Fire Nation, you 
You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with, and you've been hanging out with MS and JLD today, so keep up that heat. And if you head over to eofire.com and type Michael in the search bar, not just this episode, but the other four episodes we recorded on Entrepreneurs on Fire is going to pop up, and they are great episodes, every single one of them. So if you want to go on a little JLD, Michael Stells and her binge, you definitely could do that because plenty of content there, but your strong call to action, if you want to study and learn from the best, head over to youtube.com slash social media examiner. Hit that subscribe button. Watch these videos that he's creating. He's got some cool stuff coming out in 2020. 2020. You are not going to want to miss. And Michael, I just want to say thank you, brother, for you know mentoring me over these years. I mean, we've met for many lunches back when I was living in San Diego up in Poway. I would make the drive to come hang out, have lunch with you, and it was just a, a great time. You've been a mentor to me for many, many years now, and you've been a mentor to Fire Nation for now five times on this podcast. So thank you for all of that. And for that, brother, we salute you and we will catch you on the flip side. Thanks, my man. Hey, Fire Nation. Today's value bomb content was brought to you by Michael. And Fire Nation, I know that you understand how podcasts can ignite your business, but it's the planning, the creating, the collaborating with guests, the producing, the distributing. Take it from me. It can be intense, which is why I'm fired up for you to check out Oxbus. Oxbus has this end-to-end podcast creation platform for entrepreneurs just like you. Visit oxbus.com slash J-L-D today and you get to try it for free. That's Oxbus, A-U-X-B-U-S dot com slash JLD. Boom. I will see you there, Fire Nation, or I'll catch you on the flippity flip side. The biggest needle mover in my business, funnels. The software I use to build my funnels, click funnels. No question. Visit eofire.com slash click to start your free 14-day trial today. That's eofire.com slash click. Looking for a place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart? That place is ZipRecruiter. And right now you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ziprecruiter.com slash fire. That's ziprecruiter.com slash fire. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.